And we are live. Welcome back to the Digital Creators Podcast. Today we're in the studio with Yande. Hey Yande, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. So Yande is the owner and director of Perth-based brand Rep Culture, a fashion label with the mission of bringing people together to embrace their cultural roots. Um, Yande launched a brand in 2018 where she sold her garments online and in local markets. The brand grew and in 2020 the first rep culture brick and mortar store was opened in the city and in this episode we're going to learn about Yande's story her background and how she created her brand and her goals for the future so you're I think one of the first uh, people on here I believe that has their own like actual brick and mortar store which is quite exciting I think it might be because a lot of the designers I interview are also like young people so maybe they haven't gotten there yet but um yeah you have your own store Mm-mm. and uh, that was you opened that in 2020 yeah. which is I guess a challenging yeah. time to open your store but it's still going um so yeah how's it been running like your own actual store as opposed to online um I think it's been interesting like I found that like when we actually opened the store we launched just after lockdown and we were surprised with the response like so many people came out to support us um we didn't expect we didn't expect it at all um so it's just it's it was a huge jump for us like we started from you know just selling from home um selling online which i think is a lot easier to manage than actually doing brick and mortar because it you have to know how to do like stock control like you know, all the inventory stuff. And for me, coming from a marketing background, I didn't know anything. So it's been a huge challenge, but taking it one step at a time, I'm learning a lot, which has been really good. So you come from more of a marketing background than, say, like a fashion No, Yeah, or? yes, that's correct. So I actually studied marketing. So I did marketing and hospitality at Curtin University. Um, so fashion was really not in my in my view. Um I wasn't really thinking of doing fashion. I was actually thinking of going back to Africa <laughs> to run my parents' business. So um, so when I did decide to do rep culture, I was just jumping into it just because I love, you know, just, yeah, putting, like, pieces together. I love, like, you know, just the um, idea of, like, how fashion can actually um, showcase who you are as an individual. So for me, it's about community more than it is fashion, but you know, fashion just seemed to bring my ideas together. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed um, in the creative community or I think it's probably the same all over the world um, because I wasn't originally myself into fashion, Mm. but as someone that's uh, a photographer or more into the art scene, I noticed that fashion is kind of the most popular thing that everybody is into Mm. that has to do with the art scene and creativity. Yes. And um, when you learn about fashion or style it's about kind of embracing where you're from like the the more you get into it's kind of like what can you wear that represents you Mm. and where you're from and um yeah I can definitely see how you know um it's important if you're styling yourself or representing yourself to represent yeah where you're from and your cultural heritage yeah definitely and I my brother's a perfect representation of that because every time he's dressed he's like you know, his very statement. And I think, you know, it says something about you. You know, it says something about where you're from. It says something about, you know, what you stand for as well. And, like, a lot of people, I guess that's why, you know, tease with statements, you know, really yep. sell because 
it's about you know you're expressing your identity through fashion which i think is is really cool yeah because when you wear um something that represents who you are it's kind of easier to connect with like-minded people or mm, yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely um i think ever since we did open the store we found that people that are just into you know just the styles that we're bringing out and even just the idea of the brand have gravitated towards us as well mm. um so we found that there's been a community of people who resonate with the idea and say yeah i really do want to represent my culture through clothing um and they've come through and just yeah kind of like surrounded the brand which is yeah which i think what you're saying is very true yeah um and what motivated you to kind of um start this brand initially Mm, so it actually started from me going back to africa so i I had gone back home for like a i think i was there for like six months um and i had just decided that you know what i'm gonna go and stay with my parents had one more semester of uni um so i had you know maybe mm, like I, i could decide to do a gap um, semester or I could do an internship and do it anywhere I wanted to do to and do this it. is in Zambia no, no so I went to Tanzania actually. Oh, Tanzania. so my parents were staying in Tanzania um, but or originally from Zambia so my dad was working in Tanzania so I went to Tanzania for six months and whilst I was there I realized how different I was like um, you know I, the, they were looking at me like where are you from um, and even when we went back to Zambia because we traveled there quite a bit people could tell that you know you're not you're not from here like mm. you're very different um and that felt very interesting considering when you're in australia you, people are always asking you the same the same thing yeah, yeah exactly so people are always like oh my gosh like where are you from like and you'd be mm. like people i think that's where like some people might be like i'm from australia but it's like where are you really from you mm. know so mm. like yeah so a lot of there's like that huge like just displacement in that way where it's like when you go back home, people can tell you're not really from there. And then when you come here, people can tell you're not really from here yeah. as well. So, yeah. So when I went back home, I felt that for the first time. And I, I realized, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm a mix of both worlds. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize that. So when I came here, I realized the same thing for my friends where they kind of were trying to figure out where to kind of, like, fit in and where to meet in the middle um, and it's something that I guess kids who are growing up in the diaspora or p- kids who are growing up in not their like home country find that they have to find their footing. Like, do you uh, do you assimilate more or do you just, you know, do you stay more your culture? So like all of those issues of identity come into play. So when I came, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I didn't realize that this was a whole thing. Um, and like I was talking to somebody about it and they were like, dude, you know, like this has been happening for a while. Um, so I came up with kind of just the idea of just finding a way to help people celebrate culture and realize that they don't have to be one or the other, but that being both is really good. Like it's mm. it's a cool space to be. Like you actually get to embrace both sides of culture and be a very unique being, but you can also celebrate that through clothing. So the whole idea of rep culture is that it's meant to be like, cool different it's meant to be hey statement here i am i'm not you know fully african i'm not fully australian i'm both and i can do that through you know clothing designed in australia made in africa 
And the whole idea of the brand is that we actually support local um, suppliers and uh, manufacturers in Africa, and then we design in Australia. So we combine the two through our clothing manufacturing process, but we also design div- like we we combine the two through the brand mm. message as well. So yeah, yeah so that's the whole identity of the brand. Exactly. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where we started. Like, sorry, it was a bit long, but yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm enjoying your story. <laughs> I think just the whole concept of like where are you from, mm. it doesn't really even make sense. I guess like it doesn't mean where you're born or where you grew up or like it's it's hard to even pinpoint. I think for anybody, mm. like where are you from? Where are you really from? Yeah. So even when I talk to someone, I don't really ask where are you from. I mean, mm. like, um, what's your background or yeah. like. Did you grow up here, sort of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Because like, where are you from? It's 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 hard to answer. It's a difficult one yeah. for anybody to answer. I think. Of course, and like I, I guess you know, even just with environment, we're shaped by the different environments that we're in. So if you know, even if I was born in Zambia and have come to Australia, you know, Zambia shaped me to some extent. Mm. You know, Australia shaped me to some extent. When I've travelled overseas to countries that i'm not from they've shaped me to some extent so it's yeah yeah it's such a broad you know and i think especially in you know um 2023 Mm. where like you can have someone who you know is of indian descent or and uh they grew up in london Mm. so like from london but then they come to australia like somebody asked them where are you from it's just like, like where it you know it because globally i think we're just so like as everywhere's like quite globalized now of course so it's like just because you look a certain way it doesn't mean you're you're like from, from that exactly place. yeah that is very true and i think in mm. australia that's like we're i think one of the most multicultural societies yeah. in the world so yeah, the question of where you're from doesn't really make sense today. No, it doesn't. Um, but, yeah, that's really cool how your whole brand, like, identi- uh, is about, like, embracing, you know, both places of where um, your background is. Mm-hmm. And also the, um, you mentioned that the clothes are made in, where are they made in so Africa? They're made in um, Nigeria. We started with Nigeria, Tanzania, and Zambia. So we still make in those countries at the moment. Okay. And is it specific garments are made in specific countries? No. So it depends on what we're trying to do. Um, so not re- like we can just, pa- like, for example, if we're planning a collection, we would just figure out where the best place to make that specific cl- collection would be. Um, but most of the time, like, it's just more about our manufacturing connections. Um, so at the moment, we're primarily manufacturing in Nigeria. So everything's being done there. Um, and then sometimes it just depends on availability of the manufacturer because they might be um, bogged down with other you know, orders. So we might go and do it with somebody else. So it just depends. Yeah. And how did you connect with those manufacturers? Through internet, like just online, just trying to find, you know, um, you know different people to work with. Um, and then, you know, definitely through trial and error as well. 
um, until we find, okay, this is the best person that we want to work with as a brand and they understand our mission, they understand what we're trying to do. Um, but yeah, mainly online. Like I remember when I was trying to start up, I literally just went and just searched Instagram and I was just scouring through looking at different, um, you know, like this, when I started it was tailors that I was using. So just independent tailors located in Lagos. Um, so I worked with one lady and, you know, I just found her on Instagram and she she just really, you know, stood out to me because I was looking for certain, you know, things in terms of the way that the clothing looks on a person. And you can tell that, um, you know, like the craftsmanship and like the, the understanding of, you know, garments when you can see the work that they've done online. like attention to detail yeah attention to detail even just like how's it fitting on that person because sometimes you can tell the difference with somebody else where it's like this isn't really how i'd want my clothing to look so i was looking for certain things yeah um and yeah like when i found her she you know she really got what i was trying to do then i made my first order but then after that because the brand's growing we've kind of gone more into partnering with a manufacturer because we can afford it but at the beginning we we couldn't do the big bulk you know quantities but Mm. now we can yeah and when you initially started the brand um as you had more of a marketing background did how did you create some of your first pieces so when i started i literally just um i used pinterest as like a mood board and i had an idea of like the styles that i wanted to bring out um i wanted it to be trendy but I wanted it to be very fresh and young as well. So I kind of like put down my ideas on the mood board and then worked with the tailor to kind of curate my initial collection. Um, so I was kind of just, you know, winging it. And I feel like so you had like a Perth tailor? No, no. So the same tailor that I had located on, on Instagram. Oh, yeah. okay. So, she oh, was, okay. so yeah. you worked with her for quite a while. Yeah, then. I yeah. worked with her for quite a while. So she was like, okay, well, like, what, what are you thinking? And I was kind of trying to give her the ideas that I had in my mind um you know based on what i think would look cute what i think was like you know what my you know generation wanted in terms of you know clothing so yeah so we kind of like curated our first collection and we just winged it and (laughs) and that was it but um i have i cannot fail to mention that my mom was actually she's the one that was doing you know african clothing way before i Mm. thought about rep culture so she had connections as well and she i was always influencing some of her, you know, designs to some extent. So it was easy to kind of, you know, go from there because, you know, you have opportunities to talk to people and see what they like. So, yeah, so I kind of was understanding it from there. Okay, so yeah. you were um, quite inspired by your mom yeah. to um, go the fashion route and that sort of thing. Yeah, so, like, when she was doing it, she was just doing it as a hobby. It was just like a side business um, but then for me, the reason why I got into it was because I'm very community focused and very community, like I'm very passionate about community. So when I did it, it was because I wanted to be more like I wanted to help, like I wanted to help, you know, my fellow, you know, uh, youth, you know, to be able to just have something to cele- celebrate. Right. Yeah. So then, you know, when I did fashion, it was because it had a bigger mission attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um so yeah, so because I had that mission, I was able to kind of be like, oh, okay, and then connect the dots. Yeah, yep. connect the dots and because I would help my mom as well, um I kind of was like, oh, people seem to always ask for A B C D. Mm. So it was easier to kind of be like, okay, 
or let's try and see what we can make based on the feedback that we've been getting. So, yeah, so it was cool. pretty good. Um, and how have you um, connected with all sort of demographics? Like if you have, like I'm not sure if you have a certain demographic or an age range, but you're saying like younger people, but I've also seen kind of old generation also wear your stuff. Yeah, of course. So have you created garments that do kind of, have you created garments for both demographics or do you create different pieces for different... For different demographics. Yeah, and styles. And That's a really good question, actually. Um, so the, w- the moment we opened, um, we opened Rep Culture in the city, um, we found, like, you know, a lot of people would come in and tell us what they're looking for. So, you know, it's, it's great because we can just get market research, lots of data, we can use that to kind of, like, expand the brand. So whereas when I started, it was about, you know young people embrace your roots i realized that a lot of people in not in like particularly in my community or just in the broader african community were like yo we actually want to be able to wear this with our kids we want to be able to wrap the culture with you know our families like we want couple shoots like we, we want all go out as a family just fully e- dripped in rep fully culture, dripped in rep culture. <laughs> they want to drip themselves out in rep culture <laughs> they said we have given you the mission of dripping us out in mm. rep culture. So <laughs> my, my agenda now is um, I'm realizing that it's not just focused on just one age group. Um, you know, families want to be able to celebrate their culture and, you know, they vibe with the brand. So what we're trying to do is we design for different, like, you know, target groups. So design for kids. Um, we've got, like, dads and um, just family stuff but we still try to make it cool and young yeah but yeah it's still like you know like you can find something that you know i can match my shirt with my wife's dress and you know or i can match my child with this and like it's just we're kind of like diversifying our target Mm. um and that's mainly because people have asked us to as well so yeah so we definitely have a lot of diverse range okay Mm. and um how have you kind of connected with the community through your brand? Like maybe it's through collaborations or events or that sort of thing. Mm. Oh, it's been, I think from the beginning it was mainly through dance. So when we opened, my brother had this amazing idea where he was like, look, let's just get some dancers in here. Cause he would dance in the store all the time. Mm. So he's like, let's just do some collabs with some dancers um, so when he danced, like, we'll do one video with him dancing in the store and then we'll have somebody else come in and dance with him as well. And I think that commun- that just connected a lot because it's just fun. Like, sometimes people follow us just not because they want to buy something, just because they love the videos mm. of, like, the fun and the dance and the different things like that. Um, so we posted that quite a bit and, you know, people just really resonate, particularly with the music side of it the dance side of it so yeah so i think we've managed to connect that way and then also we've been trying to do lots of events so we did our first one was called moyana rojo which is a fashion show and it sold out which was you know we were shocked we that was like, your own yeah, rep, rep culture event. Rep okay. culture fashion show rep culture event and that w- that went really well and then now we're doing something called a rep culture summer which is like just meant to be like a fun um vibey event where people can just come together and just be able to connect and just chill and have some live music so yeah so we've been able to kind of like reach out and have you know some community connection with those kind of events as well 
And I guess marketing wise, um, have you sort of collaborated with maybe local artists or maybe local influencers yeah. to promote your stuff promote as well? Promote the stuff, yeah. So we have um, we have done a few collabs. Um, we've done a few collabs with some dancers quite a bit, and then also lots of like you know uh, creatives and models as well. We actually have something on this week with a uh, group of creatives and they're coming to take over the store. Oh, cool. Um, and they're just bringing a DJ in. Um, they're going to be wearing rap culture. Um, yeah, and then that's... <laughs> that's oh, nice. And <laughs> that'll be a vibe, yeah. Uh, fashion shows as well. Have you been involved in... In a lot of fashion shows, yeah. yes. We've been trying to get more involved with a lot of fashion shows as well. Um, doesn't seem to be a lot happening in Perth in terms of fashion shows, actually, but... We've been um, reached out to by people like Kaleidoscope um, and they do like some really fun fashion shows. Um, so we kind of, we try and take part with those and obviously we try and do some ourselves as well so that we can connect with our audience. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we're definitely trying to reach out with fashion shows. Um, lots of trying to collab with influencers online as well. Um, you know, trying to just kind of push that area. And have you found the response from the Perth community in terms of like your brand maybe since you started mm. Mm. I think it's been really good so far so particularly I told you that when we opened it was in like after lockdown yeah 2020 COVID. yeah yeah 2020 so that was really wow that <laughs> must have been stressful it wasn't that's oh the really? funny thing it really wasn't like when we opened our sales th- shot through the roof like it was it was crazy like oh, yeah oh. Like, we, was, we were just going, like, we just were like, let's just do this. We're going to just make it happen. Probably wasn't the best timing, but still, like... Oh, you, pro- you, like, knew yeah. the lockdown was happening, but you just, I was just going to do it anyway. I know, like, we were getting <laughs> so much traction, and I was just oh, like, you okay. know what, we're going to just do it. We're going to just take a leap of faith. We're going to jump into it and make it happen. Um, so we literally set up during COVID, had the store ready, and we launched it, and so many people um, came and supported us and like it was just such a surprise because we just were like oh my gosh like you know what is this yeah yeah so so many people came and like you know I'll like I don't know like we've it's been so is it even a boost in your brand would you say like yeah definitely I think it solidifies the brand as well like a lot of people would be like oh my gosh rep culture what like you know like oh like you know this is like this is a proper brand like I don't know if brick and mortar is... Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no, does, it does, like, like, solidify your brand and, like, it's, like, real. It's, yeah. like, real life. It's not just on, like, on, a digital on, platform. Online, yeah. And also, like, people, um, you know, want to come and try stuff on in the store. You know, They've like, probably been following the journey as well, maybe, and they were like, wow, it's, like, now a real it's, store and, it's like, I want to come store. in. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I think the response was, you know, like, it was, it was surprising, but it was really cool. Like, we obviously underestimated ourselves um and i think for me it was just a kind of like a feeling or like a hunch to be like okay hey you should try and do brick and mortar because Mm. a lot of people when i was when i started out would try and come to my house to try clothes on Mm. so they'll be like hey saw that you posted this can i come and try it on Mm. and so everybody was coming to my house and that was obviously not a good idea um, and we then moved into like this little hidden spot in Burgoon and that was <laughs> it was very hard to find mm. and we would only get people in when like maybe once or twice a week or something like that 
then after that, like when we did launch our brick and mortar, so many people were coming through. So yeah, so it's definitely been a really, really good response. And how did you go about launching that store? Because I think a lot of designers or creative people maybe want to launch their own store in the city are quite nervous about it. So yeah. how, how did you start or what advice can you give them? Yeah, I think that they need to, like, obviously need to do their research and need to do their market research as well. Like for us, location matters. Um, and, you know, you want to find where your target market is as well. Um, I really liked the idea of the city because it, it's central, um, you know, it's a good area, it's, you know, and it's easy for people from, people, our target market to access as well, like accessibility-wise. Um, so I think if somebody's trying to find or to open a brick-and-mortar store, location definitely matters. And I think location comes with vibe, like, you know, some locations have or share a different vibe. So yeah. I think you're trying to check out what vibe suits your brand and what are you trying to present to your audience, you know? Um, and then I think particularly for the city, there's, you know, for me, I really, um, I really accessed a lot of government um, help as well. Oh, yeah. um, you know, like for me, I just thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to jump into it. I'm going to take the risk. It was very low risk for me. So it wasn't like if I, if it didn't work, I could have an easy exit strategy. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people might find that they're locked into a contract that they can't exit. Whereas for me, I could exit easily. Like, mm. you know, if it wasn't working out, I'd be like, listen, I tried my best. Yeah. It's not working. I, you know, I just need to let it go. Um, but that wasn't, um, that wasn't the case, obviously, because it did work. So you want, you want to find something that has lower risk so you can test it out. You can see whether it's working out and yeah, then you can, you can go ahead. But yeah, that's what I would say that, you know, you, you can always reach out. The government does help a lot. You can always reach out to places like the Small Business Development Corporation. Um, you know, they can help out with a lot of people who are just trying to start up and they have lots of contacts and connections. So yeah, that's what I would say. And did you get a specific grant or anything like that no. because of COVID or? No, I didn't. Um, so I literally put all my money into into the um, into the business so when when I was starting, I actually quit my job as well. So I was like out cold oh turkey. Wow. So yeah, so I um yeah, I put all my money into it. Um, but like there was a thing in the city which is called Activate Perth. Um, there's a lot of people leaving the city. So like you know they were like, hey, do you want to come and test out your brand in the city? And I was like, no worries, I will yeah. come okay, and cool. bring forth my brand. Mm. So yeah. So yeah, so that's that's how I eventually opened in Plaza Arcade, but now we've moved to the NX building. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I've also noticed like a jump in uh maybe creatives launching things and um starting their own brands in the past like couple of years even in like the creative scene maybe um gen z or gen y kind of generation yeah um and i think that's that's really good um because i think something that Perth's lacking because there's that phrase like people people say like oh perth is boring mm. da, da, da. and i think um one reason i see uh why that might be is because of maybe lack of embrace of like creativity and and diversity, diversity yeah. and like community mm. in the city yeah um and i think there's a lack of maybe focus on how like the arts can 
um, change that. And by arts, I mean like fashion community, dance community, mm. like that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. Um, and going sort of deeper into that, I've talked about in the podcast before, I think we've, uh, as a city, I think we're, we're very well off. I mean, we get um, majority of our sort of income from like sort of the mining industries, more like industrial industries. Yeah. So that's kind of, I feel like we focus a lot on that, like where the money is coming from. And I think that's good because, you know, uh, you know, getting a good income for the city is good. But then um, if you leave out the arts community, it, that it, sort of thing, it, it's... It gets affected, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have seen like a bit of a change in the past like a couple of years, even with um, Sneakerland or... Yeah. There was that the basketball competition in Forest Chase, mm-hmm. like um, by uh, I forget what it's called, but I think it's also by the one-off store yeah, yeah. guys. Um, things like that. Also, there's been pop-ups, uh, f- like uh, local designer pop-ups in the city. There's a yeah. Perth brand called Right Hill. Also, there's a um, Tyler, who's a young like fashion designer photographer. Wow. He yeah. runs um, Jargon, which is a it's like a pop-up yeah. that was uh, hosted at Cabinet Noir. Nice. And like he had different like young designers showcase their clothing. Wow. Creating like an event around that. Like things like that mm. just show me that there is going to be like an abrasive More change creative. in the city. Yeah. 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 And I think the government's like looking to get that. Like for brands like us, like, you know, um, like have been in the city is obviously it adds a different vibe to the city as well. Um, and I think even when you see things like Sneakerland, like there's a push to kind of revitalize the CBD and trying to, you know, bring back, you know, that kind of flair to the city. And I think if creatives really wanted to, they could take advantage of that opportunity mm. and like, you know, just showcase themselves because a lot of people think the city is not, you know, like it's too hard to get to in some way because of the, you know, when you drive in, the parking is uh, is horrendous and you know, all of these, all of these things, but they're really trying to make it a lot better. Um, and they're like offering lots of incentives. And, you know, I've noticed that even around the city, there's like, you know, different like cool brands that are popping up and yep. like different things happening. And, you know, I think uh, after some time, like as they're doing, you know, as like, like, you know, they're doing lots of renovations as well at the moment, but I think after some time, hopefully it does just pick up as more creatives come mm. in because, I think what makes what will make the city even cooler is the creativity scene. Like I think yeah. we need more creative creativity in the city, um, and right now it's not it's not as much. So yeah, we need yeah, to, yeah. And I think yeah. also um, on a larger uh, kind of scale of us finding our identity as Australians, yeah. I think when we embrace multiculturalism. Mm. That's uh, sort of embrace that as identity. I think like a lot of positive change can come, can come out from that. It. Yeah. Like if you, I was going to say, if you look at Melbourne, for example, mm. I haven't been to Melbourne, but I've just seen the sort of creative art scene over there. It's yeah. very, it is, looks like a embrace of multiculturalism. Of course. Or I've heard think really good things about London as a city mm. embracing multiculturalism. Of course, yeah. I think like we can sort of follow that sort of. Yeah, route. particularly you're on Perth, hey. Because I've seen that with Perth, it's um, the food. Like, there's, like, an embrace of multiculturalism around food. 
but maybe in terms of like fashion and art it's not as much as somewhere like melbourne you know mm. um which is which is pretty sad because there's so many creatives here yeah i think food right? food's where it starts People yeah like, once they try it they're like mm, that tastes <laughs> really good so then yeah yeah of course you know but even when you go to the city like i'm pretty sure i i can count how many like asian stores yeah there's so many yeah like you know and people like love like love 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 asian food yeah um but (laughs) not a lot of maybe african restaurants or things like that or middle eastern i guess there's there's like the there's a few Middle Eastern places. There's but a few. Like, the, they have, like, the... Go- is it Goslem? Is it? Oh, yeah. 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 And, like, there's a few like that. But I think... I can't think of any African restaurants in the city. Do you yeah. Know well, there's, like, there's two now. So, there's one, um, like, towards Pier Street. And there's another one that's opened in, um, like, it's off, like, near the point. But it's not... Um, it's a very niche one. Like, African food is not... I don't think it's easily marketable as much as asian food like australia is so close to asia like mm. you know so yeah that was the theory yeah. that why do we embrace a lot of asian culture but yeah. not african culture not african culture i guess yeah one of the theories was we're in close proximity to asia like yeah. a lot of people go to bali of course um a lot of people travel to places like you know japan and yeah you know like korea like it's yeah. it's easily accessible and yeah. we also have a lot of um, like Asian migrants here as well, so there's a huge market for mm. for that to you know to work. But with Africans, we're only what we're very fresh in Australia. Mm. Like it's it's not that long that we Africans have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only now that like little things are popping up here and yeah. there. Like you know, like oh, there's an African restaurant that's opened. Oh, there's you know, there's an African shop that's open. Mm. You know, but. I think the food aspect of African culture is yeah. probably going to take a bit more time for Australians to embrace. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, and it's very different. Like, What do you think of this? <laughs> I feel like maybe Australians would just taste the food and be like, damn, we need some more of this. Really? Well, like, okay, so maybe there's like some stuff that's like, what, jollof rice um, or like, you know, um, what, like, depends. Because also the food that we have, traditionally speaking, like, for example, in Nigeria, they have like pounded yam, um, which is like a starch. And it's like a solid, and you use your hands to eat it. There's a lot of meat dishes, though. Like there's a lot of meat dishes, but it's also quite spicy as well. So like lots of stews. And well, if you think about the Asian restaurants here, like a lot of it is like quite westernized as well. Like they yeah. make it fit for for like Western cu- like butter chicken, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I don't think it's going to work. Like, it might work in terms of... I think there's always a way to market, you know, Mm. as someone who has a marketing background. Like, of course, if you have, like, a food that's so different and you introduce it here, like, people people like what's familiar. They like to eat what's familiar. Of course. There's a way to kind of... To market it. Actually, now you've reminded me. Well, like, Nando's has an Afro-Portuguese background. And then also, um, you know, like in the city, Hunter and Barrow and Mead and Wine are all South African restaurants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those, True. but then it's more like steak and, you know, that kind of vibe. I mean, True. I, mean we, we love I think maybe barbecue. once we get like used to that and then I think it's a slow process that like we can't expect like a lot of African, like traditional African yeah. restaurants to come in right away but mm. i think it is gonna happen yeah it is and it is happening like for some people they're like i really want to try african food and you know they're trying it out and they love it 
Um, I know one of my friends just loves, loves, like there's this thing called, we call sadza. She loves it. Like she'll just be like, oh my gosh, you're making sadza. I'm coming to your house mm, today. Mm. And she's Italian. So, <laughs> so she's yeah. growing up here. She's like, you know, so yeah. Like, so I think it just depends. Like I think also it comes down to the proximity that you are, you know, around like, you know, people of culture, like, you know, pe- people of different backgrounds. Yeah. Because I'm sure that, you know, if you have like, you know, an Asian friend, you find yourself at some yeah, point, yeah. you know, s- tasting food from their culture, right? Yeah. But, and then, like, if you have an African friend, you, you then be like, oh, oh, my gosh, hey, what are you eating? Like, you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's all about, like, that connection. And, you know, maybe there needs to be more events around, you know, people from different backgrounds or just the community coming together and connecting. I have yeah. seen, like, a, there's a lot of yeah. African events. Actually, what's interesting is the rise of um, Afrobeats events in oh, Perth. Of course. <laughs> oh, let's not even. Because um, yeah. I feel like the Afrobeats events is what's gaining, like, a lot of popularity, like, even becoming, like, a mainstream thing. Oh, of course, yeah. It's in- quite interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's very full on because there's, like, an event every weekend now. So yeah, they do really well. Yeah, yeah. They And the do. D- Afrobeats DJs and that oh, sort of thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's the time for Afrobeats, right? Because, like <laughs> okay, if you think about it, if you go, just my personal perspective, if you go to any other, like, nightclub, it's just more about sort of, like, drinking and then there's music, but it's kind of, yeah. like, the same sort of music. But if you go to like an Afrobeats event, like everybody's dancing and it's just like just like a huge vibe yeah. compared to those events. And yeah, of course. I think that's only going to grow. It will. It will. Like, I mean, like African um, music and Afro culture is, is a huge trend. At the moment. It's 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 almost yeah, like even like the, yeah, that yeah. the mainstream artists like um, Wizkid, Wizkid, Ed Sheeran, like. What like who else? Uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah. Did like a collab with an Afrobeats, um, you know, person as well. So it is very like this is the new thing. See, that's what I mean about yeah. marketing. Like, mm. Wiz Kid, he's like you know African descent, but he's it's not. He's not like he's performing traditionally African music. He's, sure. uh, he has sort of music that everybody can actually can listen to, and it has like a uh, it can you know, work with the mainstream yeah, audience. Yeah, that's true. But also... But the he's still, like, representing where he's from at the same yeah, time, yeah. right? Because you, you can't... You don't really understand the whole song. Like, you understand, like, the main chorus. Mm. <laughs> and you, you can sing to it. But everything else, you're like, I don't know what he's mm. saying. Like, or you pe- like, you pick up, like, things like, oh, they don't kill my vibe. And then, then he continues yeah, yeah, yeah. in, like... Well, you know, yeah. Actually, that's... It's super interesting. Yeah. Even if you look at K-pop music... Mm. Um, like a lot of those it. songs, it's like eighty percent in Korean, maybe, and then they yeah. just have the, like the little verse that's in English. Yeah, of course, yeah. But even uh, K-pop, I think globally, K-pop is on the rise. Like you're seeing a lot more international songs and music yeah. just in the mainstream yeah. audience. And what's interesting in the city, you see, I'm not I'm not sure if you've seen like the K-pop dancers in the city. No, I haven't. Yeah, like. Uh, there's these uh, K-pop dance groups or clubs, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they do like live performances in the city. In the city, wow, that's amazing. yeah. There's quite a lot of them. Okay, um, so then that's similar to I guess what's happening, like that that side, and like even just happening in terms of African culture, because that's also happening. Because I've seen like a lot of African like oh dancers, yeah the um like um, Obanga yeah, Studios, Obanga Studios, Obanga Culture, like coming to the city and like 
doing like pop-up dance yeah. yeah yeah and like people would just kind of stop and have a look at what he's doing yeah right? it like brings life to the city you know it does like if you're walking around you got not much to do yeah and like maybe hang out with your friends it's like such a cool thing to watch yeah of course and that energy and the music right and yeah i think it's an ex it's an exportation of like africanism and african culture which obviously that energy and the vibe and you know yeah, just bringing the dance, that here to australia bringing really that cool. here to australia but it brings people together which is which is amazing right like it's you know why not yeah that's why um like the arts and creative scene is so important because like dance it's something that like every culture has its own like interpretation of, of dance. dance yeah and same with style mm. same with fashion yeah um so it's almost like it's its own form of communication yeah and like i think it's it's amazing when people it's almost like when people try food from a different culture mm. it's like when they try that different dance or then it's like they're all this different style yeah. it's like they're embracing that culture that aspect of it yeah and do you think it's a thing of like you know i guess um you know like people just enjoying like the globalization of culture in a way or just you know an aspect of it is people discovering themselves through music and dance and you know all of that stuff like um yeah. i think it's it's like one there's like an energy to it so if you see like a dance you're like well that's cool so you're just yeah. like you're attracted to it because of the, the yeah. energy mm. same with fashion you might be just attracted to it. oh i think that looks really good yeah and um then maybe it might incentivize you to try it out like try this dance or mm. try this piece of clothing try yeah. this food and it's about i think at the end of the day it's kind of about yeah it is about discovering yourself because you oh. To discover yourself, you want to try new things and you're trying to, like, gain perspective because yeah. it helps you kind of, I don't know, make decisions or when yeah. you know yourself, it's easy to make decisions. Make decisions around, yeah. So it's kind of all about discovering yourself and I think just, like, travel, how travel for a person can um, help them discover themselves because they're learning new perspectives. Yeah. Maybe they go to a certain country and they think differently. They have a different yeah. li- religion. They learn from that religion. Mm. They take that mm. um, and learn from that in, within themselves. Of it's like a similar, on a, at a smaller scale, when you try different food or try dance. You're try like, different dances, right? <laughs> you're like uh, learning from a different culture, learning a different perspective. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's very true. But yeah, like I think one thing that I've learned through rap culture is how transient um, culture is. Like, you know, most of the time when we meet people at the shop, it's, people that are from, you know, Brazil or they've come from the UK and they've come from, you know, or they might have come from Fiji, but everybody kind of just connects through that music and dance and, um, you know, just the um, the vibe of the brand. So it's very transient because you're sharing, like people can pick up things that they see maybe in the fabrics that's similar in their culture Mm. um or they'll be like hey actually we have this you guys have that wow that's amazing um you know i really love this or you know we've had some brides come in and they've just been like oh my gosh this fabric has a meaning to me because a b c d like and it's it's not even from their own country Mm. but it's made um you know somewhere else but it still connects across the board yeah yeah it's like a 
as I was saying, creativity can be a language. Yeah, so of like course, yeah. you can notice a certain pattern mm. and it can be similar to something that of you course. recognize and you resonate with and it. And you resonate with it, yeah. And really that's kind of what embracing culture is about. Like mm. you're saying like, okay, what is similar? Yeah. Like I like dance. Yeah. If you if you like dance, maybe you can like dance from a different culture of or course. you're a fan of food, you're gonna mm. like be a fan of Food from, food a, from different a different culture, culture. and fashion. the fact is you're celebrating that culture when you have that food or when you um take part of take part in that dance right like or even just when you look at um fabric like um we have um ankara fabric and somebody might look at like what i'm wearing today and they might be like oh my gosh this is what i see and what you're wearing and somebody else would look at it and might not see anything and like you know that's that thing where it's like the artist that made this is you know trying to say something with the fabric mm. and somebody will co- fo- fall completely in love with the idea of, oh my gosh, like this, this is what I've been looking for. Like the colors, everything, they're my, like they're my colors or, you know, yeah. or it might be with food as well where you're like, oh my gosh, like for me, I love Vietnamese food. So every time I have Vietnamese food, I'm thinking about when I'm going to go to Vietnam and yeah. just gain weight for free because <laughs> i'm like this food is amazing like i don't even know how you guys like you know put this sauce and this flavor together and made this a absolutely beautiful creation like how yeah. did you do that you know so yeah so it's it's definitely a celebration and i love the globalization aspect because you can just celebrate different cultures in such different ways and it's amazing yeah yeah for sure and um in terms of the like design process of um the garments um do you have a in-house designer or you um do you work on the designs yourself and what are the kind of influences behind the designs yeah if you can talk about that yeah yeah shout out to ira because she is our um what's her ig ig at king of the disco she needs to change that but (laughs) (laughs) it's called king of the disco but yeah no but she's amazing so she does most of our um, in-house designs um, so everything from like tech packs all the way from concept and everything like that and I can't take credit for any of her work because she's just she's really brilliant um, you know all I come in to do is essentially just to kind of like you know bring about the best um, design based on what our clients are saying as well um, I'm front-facing so I'm always talking to people and hearing what they're saying so I might recommend oh hey you know actually um, this aspect of this dress needs to, needs to be changed a little bit because our clients have actually been looking for A, B, C, D. So we're trying to, like, make stuff for people that they want. Oh, yeah, you so know? you're, like, listening to the feedback. Yeah, I'm listening to the feedback of clients. Yeah, 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 and saying, okay, a lot of people might not like showing their shoulders, you know, like, or if we're making this dress, let's consider, you know, the functionality of it or th- let's consider how often can I wear this? How, how, how much work can I get from this? How can I style this? Where will I go with this? You know, because something might look yeah. good on paper and, you know, it looks amazing, but we need to think about who are we trying to sell it to and what, what are we trying to do with this outfit? So most of the time my role is just to kind of like, um, you know, I guess reduce the amount of, um, you know, maybe designs that we have to ones that are going to speak to our audience and ones that are what people are asking for. And then even just in the in the design itself, 
to think about little things that they might not be thinking about that I know matter. Like, you know, oh, hey, like there's a little bit of stretch in the skirt that we've added. Um, so we've added a bit of elastic at the back so that it sits mm. better. Or we've added this zip on the slit so that you can make it as high or as low as you want. So like little things like that, which, you know, that means that somebody can then have more functionality out of that outfit. Um, you know, we've been work- making like reversible jackets um and you can get so much wear out of a reversible jacket so we want to give value to what we're doing so yeah so um back to era um so she's she does the designs and i kind of just bring that all together and the designs of like the pattern making and yeah like not the pattern making so like she would do like you know the tech pack like are the graphics the graphics all of that so like you know the graphics the tech pack um and we'll send it through to our manufacturer in nigeria Mm -hmm. and they'll then we'll go through then the manufacturing process um and do all of like the sampling and everything like that um and then go through to then production after we're happy with the samples and Lately, I've been finding that sometimes, like, when we start doing the sampling process, what we maybe had on paper doesn't really come out the way that we might have thought that it would. Mm. So we then have a lot of, like, you know, taking away during the yeah. the sampling process because you're like, oh, this isn't what I, what I thought it would look like. But Or we might then refine the idea and make it even better and be like, oh, hey, yeah, this is okay, but we can make it better like this. Mm. So, yeah, so that's my role. Okay. Yeah. And to really find sort of what your customers want and to make changes Mm. is it through just talking to people like in the store maybe they mention something or yeah definitely in store so i love just the in-store aspect of our brand because we get to connect with people so a lot of the time when something's really good they will let us know hey this is perfect this is Mm -hmm. amazing i love this 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 and I would definitely be coming back. Or when they don't like something, they'll be like, I really like this dress, but I feel like it's missing this or missing that. Um, and if it's been communicated multiple times and I'm taking that on board, or some clients would just come in and be like, hey, um, I just you know want to see more of this in the store. You know, can you buy can you buy more of this because I think I'd I want to own rep culture and I want to like wear rep culture, but I can't. You mm, know, like, yeah. Like, I, I need a bit more of this. So, yeah, so it's really fun because we're very customer-centric and we're very community-focused. So most of the time we're trying to get input from people. Um, we're trying to, like, design our collections and around understanding what's selling really well, like, you know, like what's doing very well and why is it doing well. So then when we design stuff moving forward in the future, we're looking at those aspects. Like, we know what people are going to complain about. We know people are going to ask for so yeah so the past four years of this brand we've been doing a lot of market research in my opinion so just a lot of understanding our client understanding what they're looking for um, understanding what styles they would want and then trying to kind of like bring the brand together and curate something that is for them and because it is for them you know so yeah so that's what we're trying to do is there any just based on talking to people is there anything that has surprised you over the you know the years of having this brand that people maybe want like maybe i'm not sure if you guys do business stuff or just any sort of anything like that yeah mm, that's a good question i'm just trying to think about like whether somebody's asked for something do you have like business like suits and yeah, like you yeah. do suits and ties we do, and like we do um some suits and ties but we made them for men so when we did make them for men women were coming to the shop and being like 
oh. hey, we want we want that. Yeah. You know, oh, cool, <laughs> so, cool, cool. We, so then that's like, yeah, so that maybe that's something that, you know, people would be like, even when with the, um, you know, like, like some styles that we've made, like maybe we've had like certain pants. Um, we would have like you know women coming in being like, why are these only for men? Oh, yeah, like yeah, we want yeah. them for us as well. Um, for the guys, um, it's quite interesting because I feel like we've kind of like we focus a lot more on women, but like we've been create curating guys collections, and with guys, it's very interesting because it's like either they like it or they don't. So you're always testing out yeah. what they like. And like it's either a hit or miss. But now we're kind of trying to understand more of like, you know, what type of guy is coming to the shop. Um, and, you know, at the moment I'm realizing that it's very like, just guys that want a good statement piece. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, yeah. so a guy that just wants, just you know, hey, he just want to walk down the street. Walk people down the like street. And see people, him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, just from seeing the graphics of your brand like the co- it's very bright colors yeah. like patterns yeah so it'd be hard to like miss somebody if you're if you're walking down the street yeah and culture <laughs> exactly and i think that's the thing with um some people where it's like they might not want to be as loud and the type of person that's wearing rap culture are very like loud yeah. like it's it has to be a statement like you're doing it because you love the statement piece. It's different. No, but not everybody has it yeah and oh, that's the thing about fashion isn't it exactly <laughs> exactly but yeah so like it's very it's definitely very niche like perth definitely loves the blacks and the like just very neutral colors oh yeah, yeah. like you mean the people walking around in the business suits and that yeah, sort of thing it's very yeah we're not we're definitely not as expressive as maybe melbourne other or melbourne Sydney, like yeah. the biggest cities yeah definitely and i found that like when people from melbourne come to the city they just vibrate like they yeah. love the store like they mm. just um they like they love the vibrance and like they just enter the store and they're like oh my gosh yeah i love this so like a lot of people from melbourne when they're coming in they're like they're sold immediately yeah so yeah, yeah <laughs> so i think yeah. um that yeah it's hard to find that kind of sense of expression with a lot of individuals mm-hmm in Perth like that confidence to wear something different wear something yeah. loud mm. and be different mm. uh, I don't think it's as common in Perth as maybe the other as bigger cities as the other bigger cities yeah like with Perth you definitely have to find the trendsetters to do it like when somebody tr- sets the trend then everybody's like mm. oh like you know I'll wear that like so yeah so we definitely just work with like people who are like you know like they they love just statement pieces yeah statement pieces so yeah so being yeah noticed in the room exactly like and you and i think for rap culture it's about being different and being okay with being different yeah yeah so it it takes a it takes boldness because you just you're like yeah this is me and look at me i look great and that's it yeah 100 (laughs) percent. yeah um and kind of looking forward um with your brand Mm -hmm what's on the horizon for you what um kind of where do you see yourself going or expanding yeah um well at at the moment my target for this year is i'm really trying to focus more on the online side of things i really want to expand online like i've seen pockets of interest in different um cities in in australia but also different countries as well so i'm trying to do more kind of like you know trying to expand more on the online side of things so that's been my target um, so in the horizon for me would definitely be 
a lot more like events um i really just find that you know the events aspect is just so um rewarding in such a huge way and it just brings our community together yeah um and then also just yeah just more like just focus on like the online side of things so yeah just more online marketing seo Mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. you know so yeah so d- definitely be doing more of that are you do you think you sell more through online or in your brick and mortar store definitely brick and mortar because people want to come and talk to us so a Kay. lot of people are walking through the through the doors um and just wanting to you know have a chat about you know like like they when they try it on like they you can feel and sense the energy around it um so i think yeah a lot of people come through the store Okay. Um and yeah, lots of walk walk-ins as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've optimized the online side as much. Um, so I'm thinking that I'm gonna really push my um push push on that side a lot more this year. And with the on the management of the online sales, mm-hmm. do you keep all your stock like in store? Or do you have like a warehouse or no? So we just keep all the stock install we do have like lots of space at the annex building they've given us like a storage downstairs so we have more than enough space at the moment if it does grow beyond that then we'll definitely be looking at maybe warehousing as well okay yeah um yana thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was amazing to talk to you and hear hear about your brand and everything you're doing so i really appreciate you coming on oh thanks for having me it was amazing experience and yeah <laughs> um and where can people find you and your brand online and like check it out and that sort of thing yeah um so they can find us on rep culture so it's our ep and culture with a k um so they can check us out on instagram um uh website wise it's repculture.com.au um and on facebook it's rep culture as well so yeah so feel free to s- you know like us follow us subscribe you know, <laughs> all the in between <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys, and uh, catch you again soon.